Hi, this is Lucy Mackay. Welcome to the Rare Disease Podcast for Medics. This podcast is brought to you by Medics for Rare Diseases, who are equipping medical professionals to reduce the diagnostic odyssey and improve the patient experience for those living with rare conditions. This podcast is here to help you become a rare disease ally. 3.5 million people in the UK live with a rare disease, and each week we will be sharing stories from the rare community in order to educate medics on the role they can play in improving the lived experience. We will talk about things that are going right and things that could be better. Each week, you'll hear from experts in the field, patients, healthcare professionals, researchers and advocates, all of whom will be sharing their insights, experiences and pragmatic advice. So enjoy this episode and remember to dare to think rare. Hello everyone and welcome to what's called episode zero of the Rare Disease Podcast for Medics. My name is Dr Lucy Mackay and I guess I'm your host of this new podcast. I'm excited to finally be in a situation where I can do this for you all. So who am I? I'm the CEO of a charity called Medics for Rare Diseases. If you've heard of us, thank you for coming back for more and if you haven't please stay tuned because if you're a medic or another healthcare professional or if you're just interested in stories about people from all over with different experiences this is the place to be. Medics for Rare Diseases is shining a light on and addressing a gap in medical education that currently is driving challenges for people living with rare disease. Rare diseases affect 3.5 million people in the UK, about 350 million people worldwide. This is an issue that could affect anyone. Anyone and everyone can find out one day that they have a rare disease. To put this into perspective, one in 17 people will be affected by rare disease in their lifetime in the UK. And actually, the more we learn about rare disease and the more we're able to diagnose, potentially rare diseases are not as rare as one thinks. What's really important about the education part of this problem is that many of the challenges that people living with rare diseases face are not actually due to their disease, not due to the pathology, but due to the fact that they have a rare condition. But actually, altogether, as I've just said, rare diseases are individually rare, but collectively common. And therefore, it does feel like we can have an approach to rare disease without having to go into the detail with everyone about over 7,000 rare diseases. And if you listen to enough people from all over the rare disease community, People with very, very different diseases often report really similar challenges. So much so that in the UK, we had a rare diseases strategy in 2013. And now replacing it, we've got the UK rare diseases framework that was published earlier this year in 2021. The Department of Health and Social Care whittled down whittled down the consultation, the extensive consultation that they did with all sorts of stakeholders in the rare disease community 
and came up with four priorities that really needed addressing. Number one is getting a faster diagnosis. So in the rare disease community, there's this phrase, the diagnostic odyssey. To anyone who has gone through the process of trying to get a diagnosis for their own rare disease or a rare disease of a loved one, they will instantly understand what this means. Like Odysseus, who spent 10 years trying to get back from the Trojan War and get back home, but kept getting thrown off track, delayed, going in the wrong direction or coming up against another challenge. This is what the reality of being undiagnosed with a rare disease can be like. The second priority from the framework is awareness amongst healthcare professionals. And that's where we come in, medics for rare diseases. I've been involved in medical education advocacy in the rare disease field for 10 years now. I started as a medical student because myself, I'm from a rare disease family. My eldest brother had a rare disease and died before I was born. And I grew up within the rare disease community and the advocacy world. So actually, when I went to medical school, the approach to rare disease was foreign to me. And I found myself in a very different situation than my peers. And that's why what spurred me on to make a change and say, you know, we can understand the plight of people living with rare disease without going into the minutiae of 7,000 rare diseases. And actually, healthcare professional awareness, in my opinion, is the absolute foundation to making positive change elsewhere. Because even when you don't have treatment, even when you maybe have a life-limiting condition, you can always have people there empathizing and supporting you. You can always have someone listening to you. And there's always a management plan that can be put in place that that requires a human and a human who understands how rare diseases impact patients, families and communities and what their role is in alleviating some of the burden of the disease. The third priority is coordination of care. Many rare diseases affect multiple body systems. They require input from specialists, from local clinicians. They might require input from a whole multidisciplinary team. I say might, but let's be honest, they will require input from a whole multidisciplinary team that might span health, social care, education. And what people can do is find themselves doing the care coordination for themselves, being the person that connects two specialists and all of the admin has to go between between the specialists via the patient. Or parents might find themselves constantly having to take time off work because they need to go to a specialist centre across the country, but then they also need to go to these local clinics. The impact of poor coordination of care cannot be overestimated. And really, that comes down to communication and making sure that we've got services that are appropriately designed for people with complex conditions who will probably be living with them for their entire lives. So thinking about how paediatric care moves on to adolescent care, moves on to adult care. And maybe if there's a genetic condition or it's a genetic cause, you need to start looking at 
family planning and how the rest of the family are affected. Because often rare disease, the impact is not just felt by the patient and it's felt for many generations onwards. And lastly, the fourth priority from the framework is around access to specialist care and to treatment and also research. Specialist care is really important and people living with a rare disease often become the expert in their rare condition. It is really important that they are also supported by someone within healthcare who is also an expert and has experience with other patients in the area. Unfortunately, there aren't specialists for every rare disease and there aren't specialist centres for every rare disease. And certainly there aren't specific drugs for every rare disease. Research is fundamentally important. And part of the role of anyone working with someone with a rare disease can be to scope out and forecast any research that is coming up. So the Department of Health have been able to put their finger on common challenges that that the majority of the rare community face. And therefore, it's obviously possible that we can educate about 7,000 rare diseases without even educating about one. So how are we going to do this at M4RD? Well, there's multiple ways we do it. We already do it. We do it with lectures. We do it with social media. We do it with working with medical students and um, and qualified doctors who are putting on peer-to-peer teaching. We do all sorts. But what I really would like you to check out today is Rare Disease 101. It's the only module of its kind. It was created for medical professionals by the rare disease community. I mean, it was literally built by someone living with two rare diseases. And there's input from people all over rare disease, different types of stakeholders. It even includes direct quotes, videos, interviews with people with rare diseases. And this has got to be the best way to learn. And you can sign up for free and get a certificate and feel good and prepare yourself to meet people with rare diseases, which we've already covered you will during your clinical career. You can do that by accessing the M4RD Learn platform. You can find this via our website, m4rd.org, or you can go straight to Rare Disease 101 by typing into your search bar, learn.m4rd.org. Now, for the podcast. The podcast is here to let you hear the voices of the rare disease community. This is a big community. And unless you've put your head through the door before, you probably have no idea how much work is going on in this area. It'd be great for you to be able to hear from some of the people directly involved. We're going to get all sorts of different people talking from different perspectives. And hopefully that will keep you coming back week after week. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for opening your mind to the world of rare disease. And I hope that you take some of what I've said today into your clinical practice. And I hope that you enjoy the future episodes. Tune in next week.